They're not game show hosts. They're maze masters. I should know. I'm a certified maze master. Welcome to game shows, I suppose. and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing that knows something about game shows i suppose i'm your host jordan haas a pre-recorded version of jordan haas but still jordan haas nonetheless this is the first of many game shows i suppose solo sessions a look at all of my favorite game shows so i can blabber about them for a couple hours and then take a big long snooze before we get to that we gotta get through you guessed it the 110 part series exploring every pricing game from the prices right, the pricing game spotlight. <laughs> On the spot! Premiere date, January 27, 2003, 2411K. Finale date, November 5th, 2004. 3035K. This is one of the worst pricing games I've ever seen. Sorry, it just it just sucked. On the spot was a pricing game played for a car. The contestant began in the center of a large circle, a spot on the stage. A circle had three colored paths, blue, yellow, and pink. Each of these three paths had three markings with three steps marked with prices. These prices corresponded with six small prizes, which were shown to the contestant. The contestant then selected a path and moved to the next step. They had to select the prize, whose prize matched the step they were on. If they selected correctly, they won a small prize and repeated the process for the second and third steps. In other words, three in a row and you win. If they guessed all three prizes correctly, they moved off the spot and won the brand new car. However, if they made a wrong choice on any of the three prizes, they returned to the center of the spot and they had to restart with the other two spaces of a different path. If the contestant made mistakes on all three of those paths, the game ended and they leave without the car. Bum, 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 bwam. There were always some duplicate prices amongst the three paths. If the contestant had correctly guessed a prize on a previous path, they were allowed to skip that price in subsequent paths because they would already know, oh, that's already that's $40. I already know that. The circles displaying the prices on the spot initially displayed the price twice in an identical font, both facing front contestant and the audience. After second playing on February 3rd, 2003, during which Bob Barker mistook the upside-down 68 for 89 the circles were changed to display a large price facing the audience with a much smaller price behind the circle facing the contestant the paths following the patterns were abd bce and caf on september 30 of 2004 the patterns were changed to abc cad and bca to make the game easier 
While successful, the effort still wasn't enough to save the game, and revive patterns made some prizes impossible to win. This game was played perfectly four times. The most number of times I was played in a season was 13. I hate this game with a passion. After this last playing on November 5th, 2004, on the spot was removed from the pricing game rotation for retooling, but the game was officially retired in early 2005 due to confusing rules, long playing time, and a win-loss rate of 11.26. It is the newest pricing game to be retired. I'm trying to figure out like how to fix this game, and it's just... I don't know. We've already played like Pathfinder. This is basically Pathfinder for a car with double-digit prices. I think, if anything, maybe uh, should probably. If I'm gonna do on the spot, I mean, like even the the set looked like a fake wheel of fortune. So I don't even know if it should just been like four prizes instead of six, or if there was a way to make it so it was like. Uh, you make one mistake, uh, you get to play again, like just one one second chance or uh, a double chance. Like, like you got to think like gridlock, something where there was like a second chance, kind of like penny ante, where if you make a mistake, you can go on with the same path instead of just uh, continue on. Because to me, this is like one of the worst ones because it's boring to watch. No one really knows what price is which which led to a lot of mistakes or it was like, Oh, you wanted $89 on this prize. Well, it's actually $85. So n- no. So, uh, that's going to do it here on pricing game spotlight. Next time we're going to see time is money. <laughs> I am your maze master, Jordan Haas, here to introduce you to the exciting world of the Crystal Maze, where a team of adventurers will go through four time zones on the quest to collect time crystals, or five seconds inside that, the Crystal Dome, where, if they're lucky enough, they might win a prize that's underwhelming. Now, who are these brave adventurers? Me. It's just me. Hi, Jordan. Uh, welcome to the solo episodes of Game Shows, I suppose. We have no guests. It's just me. Because as we are slowly ending this this two-year voyage looking at every game show uh, and taking a break, uh, I figure I'm going to just talk about my favorite game shows. When I started Game Shows, I suppose, I had like a huge list of, of game shows, and one of which was The Crystal Maze. 
because The Crystal Maze is my favorite UK game show. It's one of my favorite game shows, period, for a multitude of reasons. Uh, I, I wish I can just go through like everything I can right now. But what makes The Crystal Maze work is it's not really a perspective of a game show. When most people think of a game show, they think of one set, they think of one host, they think of contestants and podiums and buzzers and a model, and they're showcasing like a toaster or something. Uh, there's trivia questions, and then you hear like an ah, or a bing bing, and Crystal Maze has barely any of that it has a host but in their form of flavor text they're not called a host they're not a presenter either in the uk terms no they're called a maze master and what they do is they're trying to not illustrate it's a game show as much as it's almost like a D quest and it's just with like a team of six random strangers in the modern versions these are all familiars like friends and family members we'll get to that in just a bit uh, and the concept is just amazing because when you think like a game show podium, you think of like carpet or linoleum, black tile and spotlights all over the place. And this show doesn't do that with the exception of the crystal dome. I, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, because in, in this show, they have four sets, uh, cause the concept is you have a team of six later five, uh, people who are blazing with jumpsuits and they have to go through four different areas of this studio and it doesn't look like a studio this looks like a prop set like this looks like we are in this whole new different like set it looks like we went from one stu like area to another in the original version which is the one that everyone remembers with richard o'brien in 1990s uh you had the you had a uh, the industrial zone. You had the uh, the medieval zone. You had the Aztec zone and the futuristic zone. Uh, each of these zones is very fascinating in their own regards too. Later, in season four, series four, and then later when they had Ed Tudor pole host, it was the ocean zone. They replaced the industrial zone. We'll get to that in just a bit. Because then, when it revived, they brought back the four original zones, medieval, industrial, uh, futuristic, and, and, the, and, and the, I think I just repeated myself, uh, and they replaced the, uh, eventually replaced the medieval zone with an eastern zone, probably originally calling it the oriental zone or something, and they're like, actually, that's kind of a racist, you can't really say oriental anymore, um, so it's an eastern zone. Uh, and there, so in theory right now, there are six quote unquote zones in the history of the crystal maze in the American version. All you know is future in, uh, industrial Eastern and the, uh, the Aztec. So we'll get through all, all the zones in just a second here. Uh, in each of these zones, uh, the theory, the original clock was based on the original Fort Boyard, uh, the French game show that uh, started it all. It was an adventurous game show where people go through the medieval Fort Boyard in search of grabbing keys, keys by doing different games. Once they collect enough keys, they have to get riddles to figure out the key word. And when it gets to that uh, realm of finding riddles, it becomes a second layer, more challenging games of more, oh, no snakes and spiders and all that. Uh, so 
when they were originally coming up with the Crystal Maze. Uh, they really wanted Fort Boyard. They wanted the fort in Britain. And they can't just simply just take a French vessel and just bring it to the UK. So you could fly British people to French, but that might be a little pricey. We don't really know what to do here. But one of the props that was in the Fort Boyard was this cool uh, this sphere. And when they were looking at the props, now Fort Boyard has a lot of iconic games. We talked about that long ago here on Game Shows, I suppose. Dino Rodeo is one of my favorites. But one of the props that kind of went underused in this French game show was this weird crystal prism that looked like a fan. And the creators of the Crystal Maze. Uh, the first is Jacques Antoine, who was the creator of the pilot to uh, Crystal Maze. And this was a guy who's made a lot of iconic game shows. Fort Boyard, of course, being one of them. But also The Interceptor and Treasure Hunt, which is another iconic UK game show. But maybe some other time in the far off future. Um but he had this prop for a crystal dome, and he wanted to sell Fort Boyard to Britain. They weren't really figuring it out, but there were a few British producers who understood the show and wanted to create their own Fort Boyard using this little dome. And in a span of just two days, like just like a two-day event, they came up with the concept of we use the dome as the grand finale, and we have four different zones to do contests. Much like Fort Boyard, you have to go into a room, do a little trial, and if you're right, instead of getting a key, you're getting a time crystal to go into the big crystal of that. Uh, that's basically why it was a crystal. We, we have a big prism, and we're going to make smaller prisms. Uh, according to Richard O'Brien, uh, he who hosted the pilot to Fort Boyard like a long-ass time ago, uh, before he got a crystal maze, he got picked up for this because, hi, I, w I did Fort Boyard. I know you wanted to do this. Would you like to do this? We're trying to look for something that's like Dungeons and Dragons, and you're kind of like the Dungeon Master. Uh, so when they tried it, uh, Richard O'Brien fit the role perfectly. In this version, he's this eccentric person, and he created the universe of the Crystal Maze basically by talking and just ad-libbing. Uh, so, when they did the first the first series of the Crystal Maze, they had a very shoestring budget of a quarter million pounds, which is pretty pricey, actually. But they basically got an airplane hangar, and they basically gutted the whole thing and built, and this took months, to build out the Crystal Maze set. Now, a typical game show set... You're, you're looking at maybe a week. You're maybe looking at a few days. Like, think about, like, a trash can podium with a TV on it and uh, a wall of monitors and seeing if they work. Like, that's about it when it comes to a game show. Because game shows are notorious for being cheap. You know, they're cheap television. So you have one set and you're in and out in a filming for about two weeks and you're done. When it comes to the Crystal Maze, this took months to create. So they were developing running water. They were creating different entrances. They had two different areas. One was the like they had an Aztec zone. They had a future zone. 
they had a industrial zone and they had the medieval zone. And each of these zones tell a different story without the crystal maze. And Richard O'Brien, wearing eccentric outfits, leopard print robes, gloves, big sunglasses, big necklaces, hats galore, and just playing this Willy Wonka type going like, welcome to the crystal maze, and just like having fun with this. And this is, once again, Richard O'Brien. Maybe, maybe I'm just throwing this out here. Maybe you don't know who the fuck Richard O'Brien is. And if you do, I mean, you're not alone. Not a lot of people know who he is. But he is one of the most famous musical creators of all time. If you've ever seen the band Shock Treatment, hi, uh, that's Richard O'Brien. But not only that, if you're familiar with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, that cult classic movie and musical, you know, the Tim Curry's, uh, you, you know, RKO, all that fun stuff. The science fiction double feature, all those good songs. Um, and of course, you know, the, you throw in, in their meatloaf and all that other stuff. I, I know what you're talking about. So Riff Raff in that movie is played by Richard O'Brien, but he actually wrote and composed the songs. He created that musical. So he is the Lin-Manuel Miranda of the Rocky Horror Picture Show franchise. So he's a big musical guy. He doesn't need to do a game show on Channel 4. But yet, here we go. This bald man wearing fur coats and leopard prints and vest galore uh, runs around eccentrically through different zones, making people go through tubes, kind of like they're in a fun Chuck E. Cheese I know, Merrick, I, Brennan, I don't know if you have Chuck E. Cheese. Just go with me. <laughs> it's it's a fun castle. Wherever is the equivalent like a fun playground castle. Uh, indoor fun playground, one of those. Um, and they go through four different sets. And these sets are just beautiful. Like, holy crap. When I first saw, like, each of these zones, I'm like... Are, is this like a i mean like i know this is like a game show and this is like a studio and stuff but like this this looks different because every single world's different like medieval zone it's dark there's not a lot of light there's just candle lits all over the place you have the aztec zone which is brightly lit it's sun you hear ka -ka -ka -ka! all sorts of sound effects in the background you have the future zone where you just keep hearing the humming of an of like space in the background. You in the industrial zone, you you hear drips, drip, drip. Just like all of this tone that makes the world feel more realistic than what you've known for a game show. Like they when I usually think of like here's the set of a game show. I mean, things like Big Brother come to mind or Double Dare, where it's just like, here, we'll give you like a fire captain hat and you are a firefighter. Now, please use the big hose to spray the water to put out the fires. And the fires are all like paper targets or something uh, like that's usually all they do in set design. But no, this is just big big vibrant set designs each of the zones represents a different portal in history medieval of course the medieval times of Britain. you have aztec which represents the in, the industrial age of, of water timers and it's all the innovations that come from technology which are illustrated through uh these clocks industrial zone is through the industrial era of britain so it's a ticking timer like an old school clock 
but the future zone is a digital clock. So you have a digital clock, you have a industrial clock, you have a water timer, and you have a sand timer. Those are your four clocks for this game. These are the props for the show. When it gets to the final round, when you have the uh, the, the crystal dome, the only clock is on display on the table based on the crystals. And those crystals are five seconds, and they go from white to red, meaning you've just drained the crystal. It's a very cool effect, and they utilize it in a few other game shows these days. Um, so let's go through each of these zones quickly, because eventually they got rid of the industrial zone, and the industrial zone became the ocean zone uh, in the later run. Uh, in the ocean zone, it looks like the SS Atlantic, and it basically has like multiple parts. Uh, I'm going ahead myself. And then in the later part, the medieval zone, this classic castle, becomes the eastern zone. Maybe call it oriental. I don't know. So, uh, with each of these four zones, there are like multiple rooms. I think there are about eight, eight to ten per per zone. And they're full of four types of challenges, four types of game. Uh, they like to say category. I like to say flavor. It's a flavor of game. Physical, mental, skill, and mystery. And they last anywhere between two to three minutes. So it's two minutes, 2.30, or three minutes. Uh, physical challenges tend to involve physical activity of some kind, kind of like jumping over a hurdle to retrieve something, then jumping over it back. Uh, going through a balance beam of some kind, and then trying not to fall into the water because you're moving water from one place to another. Uh, maybe it involves uh, picking up something and putting it somewhere else. Uh, other times it might involve uh, going up and down a cargo net or going under wa like a water hurdle. Uh, it's it's always something that is supposed to basically be a race against time through physical activity. Uh, one of the iconic ones is usually like in the Aztec zone, you get the bucket of water and you have to move from one place to the other. Uh, if you fall in the water, it's okay. But others uh, involve like are usually an A-less on Mac Lockin situation game. In these challenges, which are typically in the physical zone, I just want to point this out, mostly, so here's your pro tip. If you have a physical challenge, it could most likely be an A-list. Um, that in skill or mystery. Uh, so a physical challenge is like you're rock climbing, or you have to physically move from one side of the wall to another, like a rock climb. Uh, and... I just want to point this out. They're all in different rooms. So what makes this creatively cool and challenging is each of these rooms has these physical props present in the game lab. Maybe that is ready whenever. You just got to set up the props and you're good. Uh, so it's a creative coolness too that's like everything is already all set up. And it's a, it's a marvel because it's like obviously there's an earpiece and Richard's told, go to room three, go to room five, go to room seven. And they have to hold hand, run around in circles for a bit, and then zigzag up a stair, down a stair, uh, around a tree, and then, oh, there you go. All right, this this physical game lasts for two minutes. Uh, this is an automatic lock-in. If your feet touch the floor, you are out. Good luck, and then open the door.
that's that's usually how a challenge goes and and usually the those are the games that are the most exciting quote unquote to watch because those involve a physical activity obviously but it's also the ones that involve the most last second chase sequences because the rule of the crystal maze is you have two to three minutes to do the game if you are still in the room when that time runs out you are locked in and when you're locked in you are locked in it becomes a prison cell in the crystal maze and the price for freedom is one of your crystals so it becomes a challenge. Do you deduct your five seconds in the crystal dome, knowing every second counts, to protect a partner so you can have more people? Or do you want to keep playing games? It becomes the decision-decision challenge. So when it comes to these games, uh, the physical games are usually ones that are down to the wire. Like you're going to see someone pedal on a bike, and they know they are only like maybe like 20 rotations left and 30s and there's like 20 seconds left on the clock suddenly richard o'brien's going you have 10 seconds nine eight seven six and they have to make a decision do they just have to run right now and get out of the room or are they going to keep keeping every second alive because they don't know what to do uh that becomes the challenge and it becomes a head scramble and it gets worse because that's part of the whole like I like to say that's also an aesthetic that's also not really in a lot of other games. It's the precursor to a lot of escape rooms. And that's going to be part of level two and why I wanted to ease into the challenges. The mental games. A lot of the mental games are almost borderline escape room puzzles. It is like move, like figure out the seven-letter word and you have to basically do cryptic crossword and like just layer a word over it and then it's like oh i can't believe it it's uh it's crystal i couldn't believe it whoa i think it's a six letter word uh, <laughs> but no like like that's the mental challenges or uh put all this spot like all your your classic matchstick puzzles like maneuver the matchstick so they form three complete triangles uh, move these poles so they are from top to bottom and don't touch. There's kind of like weird like maze puzzles. They, they're very lateral thinking, but also in the same way, it's if you were good at Sudoku, you'll nail this. But the problem is uh, some of those games involve no conferring, and it's like you're on your own, and it becomes a head scramble. And others, and I think this is the smartness of the producers, is they allow conferring, which means every one of your teammates can not only see the game, they can give you advice. And a lot of the time, they aren't helpful at all. Like, the game is as helpful... Like, there there was a very funny bit uh, a while back from Punt and Dennis, Steve Punt and Hugh Dennis, uh, longtime comedy icons. Uh, they had a skit of the Crystal Maze, and it was the game was basically called Making a Pot of Tea, and I always like to assume that is like a bit on these on the mental games, because the mental games are like pretty easy to solve. Really, like this is like children's maze puzzle, like real simple stuff. But because there's so many people there, they're all thro- like yelling at the same time, like. Five, five, seven, no, 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 three, number three, number three, five, seven, seven, no, get the J. <laughs> I 
Jay, get the Jay. And and they're like, it's all talking over each other. And the guy who's in there does not know what the hell he's doing. And in the bit where it's just make a cup of tea, which is, you know, put tea bag in tea, put water, pour in cup. He goes, I don't know what to do. I'm getting out. And that's typically what the mental games were. It's like the mental challenges could simply be a game of Simon. Figure out the five color combination. And we're telling you right now, it's red, yellow, blue, green, green. And they're just touching red 50 times and can't figure it out. And then they leave. Like That's a typical mental challenge. Or it's one of those slidey letter puzzle games. Or it's uh, like almost like a version of Chain Reaction where you have to get from one word to another by rolling over the words. It's it's very, very fun little word game. And it's like, normally, in my American world of, of puzzle games, it's all like on a screen somewhere, and you're just looking at it and you're saying the answer. But with these, you're physically doing something. Like, you're physically moving a letter. You're physically moving a word. You're physically moving one uh, event to another because it has to be in order from... Uh, history's like timeline uh, or it's you have to answer trivia questions and if you get a question right you get a coin that coin powers up a fan and that fan lights things up and you have to get it from one end of the in this little crystals in the little like basket and it has to get it gets closer and closer to reach like that's usually the, the games played in the mental zone and it's always well, not in the mental. There's no mental zone. It's just the mental chat, like the ma- mental flavored games. There we go. Skill games are easier to explain. They're games of skill. If you've ever seen Minute to Win It, you know what we're talking about. Those are all games of skill. Knock over the 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 fluffy clown. Get the ball into the target. Throw the sandbag into the thing. That's typically what is in the skill zones, and they're my one of my favorite games because they're very interesting to look at. Uh, because Sometimes it's as easy as throwing a ball and hitting something. Sometimes it is like, like almost like skeet shooting. Like you have a little pistol gun, you're just shooting into targets, and it leaks out water. Or you're using like a blow dart, and you're trying to knock down clay pots so the sand falls out. Or it's you have a magnet of ball bearing, and you're trying to drop it in. Those are the games that are typically associated with the skill game, and um. Those are always very fascinating to watch because they're all about timing and repetition. And those are the ones where it's usually the ones that are very, uh, they kind of feel like a precursor to things like the cube uh, or things like Minute to Win It, I always like to say, or even Beat the Clock, even though Beat the Clock came up before the Crystal Maze. These are games that are so deceptively simple. But because you're in this room, you you haven't caught your breath, you don't really... Richard does not tell you what the hell to do. He just says, your game lasts two minutes, go in. Your game lasts two and a half minutes, go in. Your game lasts three minutes, go in. You're looking at the sign because the sign is your rule. And you have to follow that instruction. And it just says, like, uh, drop three in the right spot and get a crystal. Uh, what do I do? It's just... That's the fun of the skill challenges because sometimes they just look at it and, and they go on or some they don't even blissfully ignore it and they just go into it ignoring the rules and just make a fool of themselves. And that also makes it interesting. 
The fourth and final challenge, flavor, game, is that of the mystery game. The mystery games are always delightful. If I was ever in the Crystal Maze, that would be my flavor of game, because I'm a man of mystery. Yeah. Uh, mystery games are usually a cross of two of those. It's kind of like a mystery flavor airhead or a mystery flavor dum dum pop, where it requires a bit of physical but also skill. It requires a bit of mental but also skill. Where it's not just like can you get can you complete this maze? It's you have to run around this physical like maze is typically like one of those, or you have to physically calculate this and then run. Or you have to physically put the pieces together and they're allocated by number. It's it's usually requires two or more activities to complete. Or they're so obtuse that you can't really categorize it as a physical game, a mental game, or a skill game. Like, for instance, the most iconic of the mystery games of all lies in the medieval zone. And it's the one and only Mumsy. Now, in the first series, it was just a fortune teller. But because of Richard Iwati's snarky commentary and ad-libbing, which was a thing in the 1990s, they decided to keep the fortune teller and expand upon it by naming her Mumsy. Because, Bryn, Mum. Because in the world of the Crystal Maze, not in real life, it's kayfabe. In the kayfabe world of the Crystal Maze, Richard O'Brien lives in the medieval zone and lives alone with the Mum. The Mumsy. Mumsy is the mom who takes care of her little son, Richard. And Richard plays the rebellious young kid who's always up to no good. So it becomes a storyline where it's just Richard O'Brien, this maze master, is like a lonely person. And all of these people are his only source of contact with the outside world. And it's this eccentric attitude and punk rock style because it is, of course, the Rocky Horror Guy. Uh, <laughs> just, just making a mess out of things uh going into different zones like hey let's go up here you know i heard like it's almost like that one kid you know that one kid in school doesn't matter if it's uk doesn't matter if it's us or australia you know that one kid it's like hey i saw a dead body in the woods you want to follow me and you're just like yeah you know what sure whatever <laughs> like that's the original brian characters this kid's like come on i know i just just go up this ladder and we'll go to this new zone it'd be fun come on let's just go over this way and there's that storyline of, of the Crystal Maze. And I think that's why it has two forms of connection and it appeals to all sorts of ages. For adults, you it's Saturday, you're at a pub drinking, and you're looking at people make a fool of themselves and you're going, you stupid idiot. But enjoying it because you're like, this is silly. This is fun. If you're a teenager, and especially a nerdy teenager in the world of the 90s, you love Dungeons and & Dragons and Star Trek... Uh, you're probably playing a lot of role-playing games. You're probably on a computer anyway. You're looking at this and going like, this is like some sort of weird science fiction show. Is this a science fiction show? No, it's a game show. Wow, this is fun. This is interesting. The Future Zone. Whoa, look at that. It reminds me of this. And if you're a kid, like many of us are, I was probably five, six when I first saw The Crystal Maze as a VHS copy at a neighbor's house uh it was it's kind of like a fascinating show because when you're a kid you're looking at all these zones and transitions like well fancy and colorful and interesting and you're loving a lot of movies so you're thinking like the goonies or you're thinking like ghostbusters 
and you're seeing these worlds and you're seeing these people act and you're coming up with your own storylines and Richard's joining in with you. So it's the Mumsy lives here. So now, and I'm almost guaranteeing this. It was I never done this, but I'm almost guaranteeing the production house of the Crystal Maze has gotten tons of fan art of Richard and Mumsy. <laughs> And like they're just a mother and son in the crystal maze. I'm sure they got that all the time because it's one of those shows where kids were like, I want to be in the crystal maze. And now the thing is, this is an adult show. This is like adults, like 18 plus. Um, but when it came to the, the casting for a kid's specials, what they do is they do kids specials. And they had let kids do some of the games in the Crystal Maze. And they were slightly easier. Like, we gave them more time. And the big prize at the end is something different. Uh, those are typically the ones where they play with kids. And those were very, very fun to look at. When you look at those specials, you just go like, yep, this could also be a kid's game show. And sure enough, like, people were inspired by the Crystal Maze. And they came up with their own versions of kids' game show Crystal Maze. Such as, for instance, Jungle Run. Uh, which was very inspired by Crystal Maze. Uh, mostly the Aztec zone in that, but hey, whatever. It was a big kids game show for them too, and that added to it. In addition, you had games like, I guess you can say Raven was slightly inspired by Crystal Maze because the set building of that. Nightmare, even though I think they came around the same time, uh, because of the world building in the D&D aspect of Nightmare. Uh, you also have, in recent time, as recent as this year, Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, uh, heavily inspired by Crystal Maze in set design and transitions uh, from the Crystal Maze. And there's lots of like little aspects where this show has gone into different zones in different worlds. And you look at what they've created and it's like, wow, this is fascinating stuff. So with the mystery challenges, you never really know what you're going to get, but that adds to the mystery, right? Uh, one of my favorites is basically just an escape room where there's a dead body and you just have to follow the clues to figure out where the crystal is. That's typically the ones. So let's go through all of those zones. All of the zones now. Because we talked about the games. We talked about the classics. So the first zone I want to talk about is the Aztec zone. Aztec zone looks like a rainforest cafe. There's brights. There's a nice backdrop that looks like a cloudy day. You're in the rainforest in the Az ancient Aztecs, and there are eight rooms, and it's just sand on the floor, and it, there's little wall panels all over the place, and you never really know, like, because it's so bright where you are, but around these eight doors in this Aztec zone, there's a giant bigger door that would is an entrance to the crystal maze, but in addition to that... There's also a side place where there's a waterfall or there's another side place where there's a big river because sometimes the introduction is you basically go through a river run and it's th those are the Aztec print like saying it's the simple it's most simple of the zones because it really is just like four on one end and four on the other and it looks bigger than it really is, but it's really set by dividers and you can tell which games have the water side and which games don't have the water. Um, and it, it becomes just like, it's, it's small challenges and they fit them out the size of a bedroom. And those are very fun, uh, to watch. So imagine like, just imagine right now 
where you live right now, doesn't matter if you live in an apartment or one bedroom or a loft, look at the, now imagine none of your things are in there. You just have this small self-contained space. It's maybe about 10 feet by 10 feet, maybe eight feet by eight feet. I don't know you. Maybe you live in a closet. Where Now imagine that room utilized as a challenge space for the crystal maze. What would it fill? Will it be a sliding puzzle? Will it be a tug-of-war game? Will it be a scale challenge? Figure out the scale. Will it be a, a spin-the-clock challenge? Will it be some sort of juggling challenge? You don't know, but that adds to the mystery. The set designers get to see each of these as different rooms and come up with fun challenges associated with that, and that is what adds to the fun of the crystal maze. The Aztec zone is just full of eight of those and a big pool of sand. Lots and lots of sand. In fact, there's so much sand that it actually messed up the crystal dome because the fans had sand in them, and oh, that's just not fun. So in the later runs of the Crystal Maze, which is the new reboots, those domes are in a separate studio away from sand altogether. Because we do not want to contaminate that Crystal Dome and its pristine fans. Because of Iconic, will you start the fans please? Which we'll get to. So Aztec Zone, bright, colorful water timers. And it, it, this is where things became a little fun. I want to talk about the Aztec Zone in this context too. Because the conferring is through like little windows, everyone's heads are in the windows talking to the person playing the game. Richard isn't looking. Richard doesn't give a shit. Richard is noticing they're all like having their heads down and he's doing nothing. He's just standing there and it's just like, this is awkward. So because of the first season, he decided just because I have nothing better to do, I'm just going to ad lib in front of the camera. They're not going to use this in editing. So I'm just going to be seeing like, yeah, a lot of fun. Good, good idea. Maybe fun. Just really watch out for that thing though. And just keep doing this talking, this ad libbing, sometimes mocking the contestants, uh, the progress in the game. And he's just joking and doing all this dry wit. And, that became an iconic part of the crystal maze to the point of they actually used the footage because they realized, wait, this actually is something good to illustrate in the show besides just showing like the team and the game being played. Cause you're there for Richard O'Brien playing harmonica, for instance, or, <laughs> uh, learning about Aztec culture along the way, uh, making a silly, silly statements all over the time. Uh, and, and that's what makes like the show fascinating was because of just this guy who's like bored. Cause it's like, I'm just saying the other three minutes go in there and uh, don't say anything until you have like 20 seconds or it's, you have one minute left. Uh, he just jokes to the camera and then, Oh, tough luck. Oh, if you only had a few more minutes. Oh, tough break. Oh, you got the crystal. Fantastic. That's five seconds in the crystal. That's all he does. So when there was like nothing else besides you won, you lost, oh, tough breaker. Oh, that's a lock-in. I'm so sorry. Um, he did ad-libs. He did comedy. And that added to not only the expansion of the lore of the Crystal Maze, it made the game actually exciting to watch because now, yeah, you can just expand on the lore of the Crystal Maze and look at the adventurers playing this game. 
you can look at on the perspective of the adults. They're making fun of the idiots in the crystal maze. And here's Richard O'Brien making fun of the idiots with you in the crystal maze. Um, and that's what made the game fun. So now we'll go into the second uh, world. Uh, the second world is the industrial zone. I'm going to go into an industrial zone. I want to, I want to, I, I have a thought process. The industrial zone. The industrial zone is, looks like an old timey warehouse. It, when you think of like warehouses, you know, you, you've seen the Fox specials like uh, Magic's Biggest Secrets finally revealed. You see all the, like the, the metal all over the place, piping all over the place, water dripping all over the place. And there's steps. There's steps upstairs, downstairs, and left and right. But almost all the games play Industrial Zone is just on one square floor. <laughs> but it adds to the mystique of like when he moves from one side to the other. And it's like it's instead of a simple four on one side, four on the other, it's almost like an S shape, if that makes any sense. Where it's it's one room to another room to another room, and it's still totally new games. So there's still a physical, there's still a mental, there's a skill, there's a mystery. Uh, and they go through now an industrial theme. Well, Aztecs had more sandbags. It's nothing really digital. It's all sand, water, clay pots, uh, bamboo. Industrial, it's metal. It's still water in some regards, but it's mostly metal, uh, gears, almost like a steampunk. Like a gears, little water pipes. Uh, sometimes you'll see steam pop up out of nowhere or pyro, flames. But other than that, it's just like, imagine you're just hanging in an engineering lab. That's it. So if you're going to see light bulbs, there's going to be industrial light bulbs. It's going to be light flickers all over the place. The lighting, it's still slightly better than, say, the medieval zone. But now everything's lit by fluorescence. It's a fluorescent lit. And the games are still kind of more interesting. Now there's metal involved. Now it feels like, oh, you might get tetanus by <laughs> entering the zone. Because it's dangerous. If you enter this zone, instead of going through a uh, river, they decided, let's have you jump into a barbed wire fence. Yeah. Uh, other versions involve a fucking bomb. Let's explode the place, why don't we? Anyway, uh, it's a nest shape, and it's very fascinating. Uh and it's basically been replicated in the modern reboot. They didn't really change that much like the Aztec zone. Uh, it's it's like a fun zone, but of all the four original zones, I feel like that's the weakest in terms of theme. Even though it's an industrial zone, it feels like nothing is there, which is why when they later run in the, in the 90s, it became the ocean zone. Ocean zone fucking rules. I love the ocean zone. I know a lot of people go like, no, the original four, the original. No, I love the ocean zone because the ocean zone makes it feel like you have land, sea, and air in some form because land is Aztec, the sea is now the ocean, and the air is space, which is the future zone. Uh, so when you go into this cool ocean zone, we're going to ocean zone now. We're not doing, I know I should have done eastern zone, but I'm going to save that for later. The ocean zone is called the SS Atlantic. According to Lord of the Crystal Maze, it's 30,000 uh, feet below Earth, 
Uh, the only thing standing between us and being basically drowned is a watery top. The lighting in this zone is very, very cool. When they got to when they got to creating this world, oh my god, it's I fell in love with this because there's like three different areas. There's like a below deck, which has more ocean water games. There's a, there's the current lobby, the salon, and the salon games are mostly where you'll find the skill games or the mental games. Then there's a second floor. If you go to the second floor, there's a whole other physical challenge zone, and it's just like there's like three levels in this one zone, and I find that like amazing in so many ways because it's really just like it feels like there's a lot more going on, but really they're just boundary walls in different areas of the crystal maze it's not like it's not like it's all one giant block it's like no like they're running down this corridor if they just like smacked into that wall they're smacking into a physical game for another zone it's like very it's very fun it's like a puzzle in and of itself which also I'm fascinated by because it's like I want to know the set design of the ocean zone because they're going upstairs, they're going downstairs, they're going around circles. <laughs> there's a TV, there's a lounge, there's sandwiches. There's there's a big, and then when you're in the main salon, because the top is that ocean, the lighting is supposed to be that simulation of when you see water reflect on the sun, and it's beautiful. Like, I, it's such a beautiful set for a game show where... The challenges are now kind of nautical theme. You know, here's the knots, untie the knots. Uh, go down there, get the key in the buoy, go down this little hill, go into the nutter buoy to unlock the lock to get the crystal to run out. Things like that became the games in the uh, ocean zone. And I like that. In fact, the ocean zone is the one that's used in the Crystal Maze PC game. And I, I think that's also very... Uh, <laughs> A fun look and it's like to me that's where i feel like that's the zone the ocean zone is the zone to to look at so i love the ocean zone i think that should have replacing the industrial zone was a right thing now for a budget show sure do industrial zone fine whatever uh we now we gotta move on to the next zone we went through the aztec we went through the industrial we went to the revived ocean zone and ocean zone I love it so much. I feel like leaving it is just sad. We got to go through my favorite zone in the modern version, but in this version, it's okay, the future zone. Now, in the last ones we talked about, the Aztec zone, industrial zone, they look the same. The future zone has two looks to it. In the 90s, the future zone looked like uh, basically like a Borg ship got, like a Borg destroyed the Starship Enterprise. Like, it is just different geometric prisms all over the place. This looked like a piece of art uh, in the form of a game show. There's prisms. There's geometric shapes. This feels like you are in the future. Come on, this is 1990s. This is like an industrialized future that feels like something that would have been like promoted at Disney for innovations. You have digital timers all over the place. We're red and yellow to show kind of like this is like the industrial zone as well. You're seeing space. You're seeing stars in the ceiling. You're seeing all sorts of fun little prisms. And an ongoing bit is there's a talking computer, much like Hal, much like we have with an Alexa device these days. 
where the computer is talking to Richard and it's never going well. Uh, there's TV monitors now. The last zones were usually just look in the window and talk. This is a TV monitor where you're in the future. You can look at the screens and things go wrong. And an ongoing bit with the future zone is something always catches on fire out of the danger of the audience because this is usually during the ad lib bit because here's a mystery game. They're going to play the mystery game. Kaboom. Oh, a fire. And that adds to a comedy bit. Uh, as a somewhat distractor, kind of like the harmonica. Um, and I, I love the Future Zone in that regard. Because in the classic 90s Future Zone, there's, just like the Ocean Zone, there's different directions. There's one that looks like a spaceship and you're entering an airlock. There's one where it looks like you're at the edge of the spaceship, like the engineering deck, and it's clearly busted and broken and feels all like this. Sh you should not be at this part of the zone. This feels like the edge of space. <laughs> this feels like disaster is ready to strike. Then you have the last part where it feels like you are in this like living computer and there's different lights situation and doing little flickery lights. But not in a way that makes you think game show, you know, flickery lights, game show, boop, boop, boop. No, this is like flickery lights that make you think like you're walking into the internet. And that's also very cool. Like they are going through every single interpretation of what the future would be like in the 90s in a way where it really was like this is the future. This is innovation. This is tech. This is where we're seeing directions go in the near future in a way that it's similar to Tomorrowland at Disneyland. I feel like everything feels like Disneyland. Like there's an ad like Adventureland is the Aztec zone. And front well, like I was gonna think of Frontierland's also that too. And the industrial zone, that feels like uh the work in progress that's gonna be at the Marvel universe. <laughs> and medieval zone. Well that's just the castle, right? It's a castle. Uh <laughs> But yeah, so so when I see the future zone, uh, it's one of my fascinated zones because of the world building and the way they built it. When it came to their new revival, the Iowati editions, uh, and then I guess it, say I'm Conover's American version, instead of it looking like a distressed spaceship, it looks like something straight out of Star Trek or Star Wars. There's flashing lights, there's screens, there's green screen, there's flat dimensional screens. Showing space and tubes and light kits and, and earth and a rotating circle. So when they're sitting, so when the team goes down the holodeck doors, kind of like a game show, the lights flicker on and they all run to a hub. When they go to the hub, it rotates, uh, kind of like a lazy Susan, just it starts rotating mechanically and it gives this cool effect that the spaceship is moving around them when really it's just them. But uh, some Am's, some episode the Am Conover episodes, they just got rid of it, probably because motion sickness. And others, they kept it in, which I think is the best effect. Um, and as much as I love that spaceship effect, it suffers from the same aspects of the Industrial Zone and the Aztec Zone, which is simplistic room building. It's three corridors to fill seven, eight doors. And that's it. There's no running in these new zones. It feels like the laziest, quickest expedite because of time. Um, pun intended, because it's a time-based game show. Uh, 
with when it goes to the uh, when it comes to Richard O'Brien's episodes and Ed Tudor Pole, there's chaos because well, first of all, Ed Tudor Pole is also a punk rocker. Uh, there's that's your three maze masters. You have Richard O'Brien, Ed Tudor Pole, and Richard Iwadi in the UK. Adam Conover is the only maze master in the states, unless you count me. But I'm not a maze master. You could also count Stephen Merchant, but I I consider that like an asterisk because that was kind of like the pilot episode. People may not know Ed Tudor Pole was in Cole the Conqueror. Remember Cole the Conqueror as the Narrows. Um, that was that one movie with Kevin Sorbo. Cole the Conqueror. Yeah, that was a 90s movie. Uh, anyway, uh, the fun thing was he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, in, in the plays. So there's already a bit of like overlap with this. Uh, he also... Uh, was of course in in, in music uh, for the longest time uh, with Ten Pole Tutor with the hit Wunderbar. Here here's a clip from Wunderbar. Yeah, that song. Uh, so yeah, so Ed Tudorpole would go on to basically be the second host of the Crystal Maze after Richard O'Brien leaves the show. Uh, we'll get to that in just a reason why, but a lot of people kind of forget about Ed Tudorpole in the world of the Crystal Maze, and they kind of just see it as Richard O'Brien and now Richard Iowati. Uh, but Ed Tudorpole had a new kind of design. If Richard O'Brien was kind of like the shrewd mysticism, let me tell you about the crystal maze. You'll be going through four zones, a physical, a mental, a skill, and a mystery. Ed Tudorpole was kind of more of um, an eccentric leader. Like, he kind of plays this, the, the, I would say a quarter, like a armchair quarterback type in, in the world of sport. Uh, the kind of guy who's like, Captain, where are we going? Captain, here we go. Over here, Captain. And then he would try to come up with riddles and puzzles in a way that feels like if the story of lore is that Richard O'Brien lived in the industri- lived in the medieval zone, it's clear that Ed Tudorpole doesn't live in that zone. He kind of lives more in the ocean zone. This is more sp- This is more his vibe. He loves to live in the ocean lifestyle. He used to be a captain. Feels like a pirate. He feels like almost like a pirate kind of presenter. And would come up with riddles like, "Let me tell you something. Uh, what is four divided by two? T- two? That's how many minutes you have. Two minutes. Go." That's usually his his eccentric behavior in the show, uh, and he would end up pretty much being the maze master for the remaining two series and then the show ends problem is he really doesn't like to be talk talk about the crystal maze he despises like hey you were the maze master on the crystal maze and he's like yeah but that was like the 90s i don't please stop asking me about this this show i don't want to be pat sharp from funhouse and this is my only claim of him because that ultimately was what richard o'brien did not want that's why he left the Crystal Maze. He loved doing the Crystal Maze. Are you kidding? He loved doing that show. However, Channel 4 really wasn't giving him what he wanted. He was part of the Channel 4 family. He was one of the big Saturday presenters, but they didn't ask him to go on like this show or make a talk show or a spinoff where he does something or let's play a musical. 
they just allocated him to doing the crystal maze and nothing else and i think that's ultimately what made richard o'brien leave the show it, it wasn't so much he hated doing the show and wanted to be stereotyped as the maze master richard o'brien because think of every panel game show it's like it's the one thing you're famous for and that's it uh, he, he wants to be known for a multitude of things from music, um, to present crystal maze to movies, to, to, to be like musical, like he has multiple talents and he wanted that utilized and channel four ultimately kind of said, no, 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 thank you. Thank you so much. But no, you're, you're and he, he left. They left with a, a farewell goodbye where basically he leaves with Mumsy on a motorcycle in a kid's special. And that felt like a nice kind of going away present. That, that to me, I felt like here, here's where it, feel, it feels like, you know, like in the 90s. I have to feel like I feel like I'm being drunk right now. You know, in 90s. Hey, remember the 90s? And when you watch Blue's Clues. And there was that moment where Steve leaves and Joe enters. And you're just kind of like. Oh, no, I don't want Steve to leave. Oh, no, I don't like Joe. That's kind of what happened with Crystal Maze. I don't want to see Richard leave with Mumsy. No. And Richard's like, well, me and Mumsy are going to go on a nice vacation. We hope you have a fantastic time. We'll be on holiday. I hope my friend looks after you. Goodbye. And that's it. That's the end of the Crystal Maze of Richard O'Brien. Um... So it's Ed Tudorpole, and he plays pirate sea captain guy screaming about three minutes uh, or two and a half minutes or two minutes because five divided by two is two and a half. Um, and that becomes the centric. And then for two seasons, then they put an into it. Uh, people always wonder, like, well, well, why did you get rid of the crystal maze in the 90s? And I think really it was just like the budget of the show uh probably did its its toll but yeah so richard o'brien lived in california with mumsy uh and a tear pole made it more of a time travel element uh create nonsense words uh but what i kind of like about this and this is why i want to transition into the the medieval zone with uh, a tutor pole is that uh, I think this is where it becomes like, this is the hallmark of the Crystal Maze in the UK, is when it became the medieval zone. Now, that's where Mumsy lives. That's where Richard O'Brien lives. This is a dark world. It is the darkest set in Crystal Maze. It's probably the darkest set in game shows. It really is just, imagine like a spooky castle. And all that you see for light is candles. In like one little spotlight that's supposed to replicate the moon. That's it. Everything else is so dark and you're just like confused by everything. And in that medieval zone, there is, it's also a simple room where it, but it feels like it's more like a, uh, have you ever played Warlords for, for the arcade? That little like crisscross plus size for formation where there's like four corners. That's kind of what the, like the set design is on the medieval zone uh and it's it's also kind of like a a cheap one like like to me i always love ocean zone you know love future zone because it's a complex running around time wasting kind of thing with the oat with the medieval zone industrial zone in zone it's simple it's just here's a plus shape here's like a back and forth 
and here's like an S shape. And the uh, industrial zone uh, S shape, eh, it's fine because there's like little stairs and you can kind of just go up a stair, go down a stair, and you're done. Uh, and you go down a hallway. Wow. Um, they got rid of the hallway. Uh, but in the medieval zone, there is none of that. It, But there's bigger doors. There's thicker doors. There's sand timers. When you ever see promotional photos for the crystal maze, odds are it's either at the crystal dome or it's in this zone, the Aztec zone. Why? Because, holy crap, look at all the stonework. Look at all the candles. That takes a lot of time to create such a set. And that's where it's like, I don't think this goes un- this goes very underappreciated. The set design on the Crystal Maze is the, the best thing about the Crystal Maze besides the challenges and how frantic everything is. Because that is what makes the show so clever. When you get through the world of the Crystal Maze in, in Richard O'Brien, it's Mumsy, and they quickly added things like pinball machines, and they tried to make it look like a teenager lived there. So the clothes all over the place, <laughs> a trash can that you can kick over... Uh, when Ed Tudorpole took over in the early 90s, uh, his version of the show, uh, his, his re- he made it more like an, a museum. So it became more creepy, but more funny in a way that I kind of loved. Uh, because it was like, here's like a stuffed cat. Here's like, the st- here's like a horse head. And here's like portraits of random people. And he would, as the anecdote point at these things and give like a whole like meaningful biography of it like this is my great great uh, great uncle he was a pirate in the medieval ages oh this is my great this is Bert my horse Bert oh I miss Bert so much we had so much fun uh and it just to me that was kind of more fun to me uh and I think the challenges in that version of evils and were probably the best in the later half um very intelligent very uh, it was kind of they got rid of the A to B of early games and kind of made A to B equals B to C. So once you get through this half, you got to get through the next half. And I thought that's very, very clever uh, and very other and very smart puzzles as well. Uh, it became one of the more iconic levels when Richard Iwadi would bring it back into the Crystal Maze uh, in the 2000s, specifically 2017. Uh when, when Richard Iowati's uh, version of the Crystal Maze, uh, it started with the Medieval Zone. And it felt like, and this is where we're going into the we're going Richard Iowati version. Richard Iowati uh, kind of shat on everything, if that makes sense. Whereas, you know, you, you had, like, Stephen Bertrand did a one-off and it was all comedy bantery joke, but that felt like a panel game show. It didn't feel like a maze master. And I kind of like, I like to wipe that out of the equation. Cause I think that was just a special for stand up to cancer to see, is this marketable with celebrities with Richard Iowati version? It's not the crystal maze. I will watch it, but it's not the crystal maze. Whereas Richard O'Brien would be eccentric and give you storytelling things. At Tudor Pole, giving you eccentric run around Tudor things, run around circles, almost like a highly caffeinated contestant on a game show. Richard Wadi is the opposite. Whereas you kind of can assume like which everyone's favorite game is, where it's it's uh, Richard O'Brien would probably be 
more of the uh, the physical, and you would see Ed Tudor pull as more of the skill games. Richard Iwadi would be that of the mental game because he's playing into his characters of the past, from the IT crowd to Gadget Man to to Travel Man. He plays the wise uh, maze master, who's very smart, but also he doesn't want to have any connection with anybody whatsoever. So his whole persona is one of, I'm willing to break the fourth wall and still say you're in the medieval zone. And it's just not really that fun to look at when he hosts that because it doesn't, it totally throws out the fun of the show um when you see richard iwadi do the maze master his whole bit is he wears a fun shirt that's three hundred dollars and he has a hook hand and the hook hand is just like a wooden hand that's like an umbrella wooden hand and sometimes it's gold if it's a celebrity special fancy um, but that's that's all he has for eccentric behavior is he wears glasses, has his hair styled, and a nice shirt with a umbrella hand. He doesn't run around circles. He kind of plays the, I'm lazy, I don't want to do this. So, hey, why don't you go up a precarious beam? Why don't you go through an unspecific waterfall why don't you go through this tunnel for no reason like that's usually his his hosting behavior and i think because it got rebooted and it's like they they had to rebuild a whole new set they had so much money attached to it and they had less time for the show they kind of I think with the intention of selling this to global audiences, the idea was they brought back the original four zones, industrial, Aztec, future, and medieval. They added bigger budget to the set, so it looks fantastic. But when they wanted to sell it to global audiences, they had to ditch the medieval zone. Why? I don't know. Castles are spooky. We don't want to sell spooky. So let's make it feel like you went into Japan to a temple. Uh, you, you went to an ancient temple. Uh, so we went from one custom, which is Aztec, to another custom, which is Asian. Uh, and it's also a very simple set as well. It's a U-shape. It's a U-shape set with a big door. That's it. Um, so you know like how the Aztec zone had left and right? This one has like another wall to fit another game. There's no running around. The only gimmick is, oh, look at the very fancy pots don't smash the pots oh no you smash the fancy pots those were expensive (sighs) so it's kind of just like he plays the smart nerd he's a smart nerd and he doesn't want to be there so it's almost like a chairman on i'm sorry having a clue the i don't want to be here but i'm the maze master i don't know um and it's just kind of just like one where it's just kind of standoffish and because of the four zones his hosting persona besides being smart is 
he has basically fourth walled everything to the point of everything is formatted and this version is formatted uh we'll get to that at the very end of this episode um so there's things like a lists on mclaughlin situation he doesn't say minutes he says mins this is two mins this is three mins two and a half mins uh he brings up uh if you have if you go into the room you will look funny that's because of editing and you wear a helmet like the same jokes over and over again with the latest being the mega crystal uh, addendum where each crystals were five seconds now you have a lifeline where one of your challenges can be the mega crystal challenge which is double the crystal value or 10 seconds but can only be used once per journey uh so it's it's usually he tries to to uh expedite uh so so when he does presenting it's just like here's blue jordan because you're wearing the blue jumpsuit or uh hey fred can i call you f uh and it's just all sorts of like fourth wall breaking this is the part where we all transition and that's the cue to go to a commercial break and he would just walk away that's it that's usually what he does it's just fourth wall breaking and that's the comedy it's it's something from the 90s it's stupid we brought it back why i don't know like that's the comedy of richard white version and to me that's the only reason i dislike richard white's version it's the hosting uh, of the set and all the show makes it feel like he, if he doesn't want to be there why should you want to be there why should you care about the show this is a set this is props none of this is real whereas the last two maze masters once again, excluding Stephen Merchant, wanted to build up the world in reality. If you are the first Maze Master and you have the Eastern Zone, this is your first exclusive zone in the Crystal Maze. You are the host. Sell me on this cool new zone and why it's better than Medieval Zone. Uh, you know, the candle right there, that was the only last remnants of the, the Medieval Zone. No, just just bring up like cherry blossoms all over the place. This is fantastic. Every day is like spring break, and you know what? That's what makes this so exciting. Look at this. This is a th like if I was Richard, oh, like Iowati, I would use this to be the room where I'm just going to talk about Kurosaka films, or I'm going to talk about how this is inspired by tech or movies, or or just like this is this is culturally diverse. This is bright colorful this is my place to get some peace and quiet before those those pesky adventurers show up in my crystal maze like something nothing i didn't get any of that it just feels it, he kind of just says like yep this is something new whoops and and to me that's kind of just what makes it so disappointing even though i love the look of it the problem is with most of the reboots of the crystal maze because of timing it's the easy expedite. So instead of like, so in the original version, uh, there's a captain and you get to decide which game you want and who plays it. So what would you like to play? A skill game. Who's playing the skill game? Him. Okay, you follow me. In this version, the there's a set list that's overtly produced. And when I say overtly produced, like a Nickelodeon version, this is what I mean. It's formatted. Uh, so it's a team of five 
everyone get the 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 everyone plays no more than two games and they last two to three minutes and it follows a two three three two format so you can play up to 10 games that's it in the uk crystal maze we're only giving you 10 games to play in the uk version of the 90s because there was a little stench in they're running around circles they kind of played up to the timer and they kind of went like oh well we can probably pay, play maybe three games four games or five games depending on which zone we're in if we have time we'll get through as many as we can hurry 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 we need to make sure every person gets to play a game at least once um sometimes twice and when it became the original version if you think about it a group of six playing two games each is 12 12 times 5 is 60 which is a full minute that makes sense when we do crystal maze now with a team of five and up to 10 games that's 50 seconds that's not a lot of time and they kind of say like the, the classic rule was if you don't have more than like 45 seconds you're kind of not going to win and you're out a person as well so they have to figure out how many golds to change that in the crystal dome uh so so when we get to like the the eastern zone this should be iowati's way to say this is where i live i actually live here even though i'm assuming he would say he lived in the future zone because it's space and and space star wars space so, uh, after they go through every one of these games, because there's a lot of games, 2-3-3-2 uh, two, three, three, two if the UK version, an eccentric amount roughly translating to 15 games in the UK version uh, in the 90s, they would go into the Crystal Dome. The Crystal Dome is the final round of the show. Based on the amount of crystals they got, it's five seconds of time inside the dome. They get to open, a, there's going to be a nice little cool uh, water effect surrounding a big fan doing that cool ticket grab machine that you see at the Chuck E. Cheese or money grab machine at the county fair. Um, but instead of money or tickets at Chuck E. Cheese, it's tokens. Tokens that are very shiny, sparkly gold belt, I think. Maybe it's like maybe like aluminum foil. Um, and they come in two varieties, gold and silver tokens. Here's where the game gets fun, because this is like, what do they win? What the? F oh, I've been listening to this episode for over an hour. What do they win, Jordan? Glad you asked. So, with any people who are in the dome who haven't been locked in, because remember, if you fail a challenge with an A-list, or you took too long, you're locked in. If you don't go, if you don't get bailed out, you're not playing the Crystal Dome. In the Crystal Dome, any players will say the full six or five if the mon reboot. They enter the drawbridge over the water feature, if this is the uh, classic 90s version, complete with cool uh, effects that look like you're walking into CES. If this is the uh, modern reboot, you're walking onto basically a game show set. It's a flashy geometric prism. Uh, but this time it's bigger than the original one. There's flashier lights, and it feels like a space age structure versus what looks like in the UK version as essentially like the Fort Boyard piece that's put in a bunch of pool of water with like some weird precarious beams across. So you have a uh, five second temporary crystal you got. So you say you got seven crystals. That's 35 seconds of time inside the crystal dome. 
their hands must be t- uh, hanging onto a pole at all times. They can't start collecting yet until the drawbridge closes, the door clocks, and then there's the box on the side. That box is what decides their fate. It's basically like a little mailbox. The tokens that they have to collect, the gold and silver tokens, can only be counted if they're inside the box within that 35 seconds. There are gold tokens worth one point. There are silver tokens, which will deduct one point. Their goal within that space of time, from 5 seconds to 35 to 40 to 45 to 50 to even a full 60 seconds, or if we're talking about the uh, Nickelodeon version 55, um, is to collect as many tokens as they can, specifically gold tokens. In the original version, 0 through 50 gets them absolutely nothing except for a commemorative crystal that says, I conquered the crystal maze in the year 1992, 93, 94. If they got 50 to 99 uh, in the first season, they would get a small prize. Here's like a picnic basket full of cool things and yoga pants. I don't know. But if they got 100 or more gold after deductions of the silver because imagine you grabbed 140 and you ended up with 41 silver that's 99 that's not good enough it has to be 100 points or more they get a grand prize the grand prize is very ordinary let's not get ourselves here uh in the original versions they were all kind of adventure like things like skydiving kayaking mountain biking going this like that kind of thing. Like like it's a small little vacation for each of the six. And, you know, it's very nice. It, it had a, probably a budget of maybe 4,000 pounds. Nice. Not, not too breaking the budget. When they went to the UK modern version with Iowati, they all collect one simple prize together. So you're all getting boat rentals from the boat people. They're the boat people. And that's their prize. Like, like you got speedboat rental. Yay. <laughs> like fucking bullseye in the 90s. Uh, and then if there was a celebrity special, I mean, in the kids' version, they get a trip to, to Disney World, which is great. They all go to Disney World. That's a prize. Uh, but in the uh, celebrity specials for staying up to cancer, uh, they would give away money for staying up to, to cancer. In those versions of the special, in the Crystal Dome, uh, 049 is no money to charity. Probably 5,000 pounds. Uh, 50 to 99 is 10,000 pounds to charity. And if they get 100 or more, it is 20,000. Except for one version was 25,000. But that's beside the point. Now, what makes this so exciting is this is the most dramatic moment of the show. Big confetti. Uh, the tokens fly all over the place. But not only that, there's a whistle system. They can start collecting on the first whistle. They must stop collecting on the second whistle, but they cannot start collecting until they hear the most famous phrase of all, Will you start the fans, please? Or if it was Richard, if it was Ed Tudor it'd be with the four winds blow, because that's the name of his album. But will you start the fans, please? All the fans are flowing. Suddenly the whistle, and then you hear the theme song. Do 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 the force field. Do 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 And as that's going on, the Maze Master's just looking at the crystals, looking at what's going on, and just 
counting down. 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. <sighs> Stop collecting. Then the big dramatic reveal. How many tokens were caught? Now, they could go one way. They can say, look, you caught 114 gold, but how many silver? Or they can do the reverse. You caught 40 silver, but how many gold? And just deduct and then go with that. And that becomes the format. Uh, in the UK version, uh, they would all get the I Cracked the Crystal mo Maze and just say, eh, that's fun. And then uh, Richard Bryan will say, hey, thank you for, for watching. If it's the famous new format with Richard Iowati, he would say, and thank you for watching, if indeed you still are, farewell, and then leave behind the crystal maze as the team celebrates or, or something else. In the U.S. version, which we got to get to right now, real quick, Adam Conover's version is a family version. Two parents, three kids. Uh, their rule, while in Richard Iowati's version, it's the 2-3-3-2 two, three, three, two, and everyone must play two games. Uh, in this version, it's two per zone, two games per zone. The parents can only play one of those games. The parents, uh, the kids must play two of those games. Uh, still last two to three minutes. Pretty much all the games from the UK version because it's still the UK set. They flew them there. Uh, but what's different is that uh, Adam Conover's hosting ability is different because it's an American uh, Maze Master. It feels like a mix between Richard Iowati and Richard O'Brien, not Ed Tudorpole. He doesn't run around circles frantic. He plays more like the Richard Iowati, I'm too smart, I'm too lazy, I'm not doing this, this is silly. But he comes, but instead of Richard Iowati, who is just breaking the fourth wall, uh, he tries to do the fourth wall to the audience but not to the contestants. When he's with the contestants, he's doing a Richard O'Brien world building. Welcome to the industrial zone. Everything is safe here. Don't worry. Oh, except for that. Whoops. So, so, so sorry. And they even have world building where he lives in the eastern zone and there's clothes all over the place. And he plays into the crystal maze in that regard, which makes it fun. And that's probably why it works in Nickelodeon world because Hey, here's an eccentric host talking to the camera. And his hosting style is that of, like, he's playing the villain, but he's also trying to play the big supporter. He's basically mixed-messaged Adam Conover Maze Master, where it's basically he's trying to be sinister, like, I'm going to break you inside the crystal maze. But then immediately sideswipe like, but I want friends and no one likes me. Why is that so hard? And, oh, I hope they make it. Uh, which makes to an actual kind of fun little situation where it, it feels like they're, the, the, the lore of the Crystal Maze USA is while the families play. And he still does the same Richard Iowati lines of A-list, automatic locking situation. You'll look different. That's because of editing. Uh is when he finishes the the crystal dome aspect will you start the fans please beep beep uh in their version the u.s version each token's worth 100 dollars. each in each silver is worth minus 100 if you have more than 10,000, which is 
100 gold tokens, they bump it up to $25,000. And that is perfect. That is perfect for this game show. That is perfect for the budget for this quiz, for this weird game show uh, that's on cable television. And it, it, it fits on so many regards. And on his on I and Adam's sign off is basically thanks for joining my crystal maze. Now shoot, I have another family coming in here real soon, trying to play up the fact that no, this is always ongoing and this must keep going on and on and on. Uh, which is kind of better than I'm too good to be here. In, in Iowati's world, time uh, is a construct where he has better things to do with his time. Uh, Adam Conover, it's my time is limited. I need to get people in and out as quickly as I can. Uh, Brian is just time is a construct. Let's not waste any second here and have fun. Ed Tudor Pohl's construct of time is time is precious. Make every second count in your life. At least in the world of lore of Crystal Maze. Uh, and Adam Conover's version is pretty good. It's my favorite Nickelodeon game show. I've reviewed the Crystal Maze on game shows, I suppose, back in January. Feels like so long ago. Uh, and it was one of those game shows where it's like, that would be the show I would love to host. That would be like, I'd be the Maze Master. That'd be fun. I'm glad it's here on Nickelodeon. I'm glad it's getting a Series 2 pickup. I hope that they fix some of the games. I hope. They keep the great casting because now it's a family game show. There's more stakes involved when a kid is locked in and you're like, yeah, I have to lock. I got to keep them. I don't want to lock my mom in there. I love her. I'm not going to go away. And that's what I like. It's such a great little show. I only wish they would. I guess they have to keep the, the, the set dressing because it's so formatted and they would rather have everything be so quick to get to the next room that that's the you have to do the simple layout so the four and four the s shape the u shape eastern zone and the futuristic tunnels that's 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 the only gripe i have with the crystal maze it's just so what where when you watch the original it's so frantic and you never know what's going to happen it's like every two minutes something new is on screen that's like WarioWare. it's like one minute you're watching somebody do like a slide puzzle the next minute you're seeing somebody try and throw water balloons <laughs> into a bucket that's what makes the show work and it's like to see this go from like this weird frantic show to something where it's very paced you got to go through this. Why do you think this? Now go enter the game. Let me look in the camera and tell the joke. It, 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 it loses its luster in that regard. But Adam Conover's version is better than Richard Iowati's version. Even though Richard Iowati is a great presenter. He's a very smart man. Very fun. But I, I think it, it's such a... It's kind of like you have all this opportunity. And it looks fantastic. And it's in HD. And we have all these games. And they brought back some old games and brought them into the Adam Conover version. That it feels new to American audiences, even though if you're a fan of the UK version, oh, that was from Season 2. That was from Season 3. Uh, oh, that was from the Medieval Zone. They just restructured it to make it look like it's an Eastern Zone game. Neat. Same thing. Uh, so... I I, I kind of like the I kind of think the medieval zone kind of should have been in here, but maybe they didn't want to do it because of Game of Thrones. 
But I want to end on something that's like the big embarrassing thing. Um, so I was such a fan of the Crystal Maze. I love the Crystal Maze. I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm a big fan of the Crystal Maze. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite British game shows because the set design, the look, the, the hosting is not a host. It's like a maze master. You're, you're a whole different world. You're world building. You're joking. There's there's physical things. There There's skill games. There's puzzles and trivia. If you want a trivia, there's a trivia game. If you want like uh, something that looks like something would be straight out of like Survivor, it's there too. It's this... There's so many things going on and it's such a perfect puzzle that it works... And uh, I, I hate to say this because it feels like it's very, but it's very on par with me. When I was in high school, I was, I, I think this was 11th grade. I like to talk game shows. I love to make game shows, pitch game shows. I actually uh, spent 40 pages, four zero, like a college dissertation, talking about the Crystal Maze. The UK version, and if it was to ever come to the US, what would it look like? And essentially, the Crystal Dome part, this spooky part, the Crystal Dome, where it's each token's worth $100 and get all 100, it's 25000 I wrote that. So to me, that that's like the, the spookiest thing of this. But uh, so here's what I wrote down. The um, I made it so... Uh, because the crystal maze, the four zones all represent different time pieces in time, but also represents different uh, genres of movie. Like you have different adventures in a castle, a different adventure in the Aztec, like in Indiana Jones. Uh, and I wrote down that if we were to do like an American crystal maze, this is before con. I think like I was 11th grade. This was like 2000s. It should be based on the four genres of TV show that we have right now like not tv like like movie because this is an adventure game show this is an adventure themed game show so everything should feel like some aspect of what we have right now and it's themed on the four zones the original four zones as much as i love the ocean zone i had to ditch it uh so it, instead of the aztec zone it's the wild wild west so it's share of horses uh the the doors are double-sided saloon themed challenges uh care of so that kind of stuff would be one zone instead of the aztec it's the western zone the future zone is space so it's basically a spaceship that became the reboot that was kind of cool uh so everything is lasers everything is is uh technology the world of tomorrow uh, because at the time, that was when the Star Treks were about to get announced and J.J. Abrams, and I thought that was kind of a cool thing. So space, Wild West. Uh, the industrial zone is Wasteland, something out like Warriors or Mad Max, which given today's world of, like, that's the future of Hellscape we're going to live in, it feels like that would be the industrial zone. So the industrial zone is a wasteland. It feels like it's not just disfigured. It feels like zombies could live in that. That's like where the zombies live. Cause Ooh, zombies. Ooh. Remember when zombies were all the rage before the walking dead? Yeah. Uh, so that, so you had a space, you had like a wastelands waste zone space air zone. And I thought that would be cool. And then you would keep the medieval zone because at the time, Lord of the Rings was still blazing. Game of Thrones was just about to like be a big hit somewhere. 
Harry Potter was huge. So I felt like, no, keep the castle because that's your fantasy land. That's your fantasy land. There's your space. There's your war zone. Like, and every single thing has its own little theming. Every single thing has its own little zone. So the medieval zone is still a castle, but now it's a fantasy castle. So you expect dragons. Expect this. Uh, and then you have your space zone, so expect lasers, expect this. You have your wasteland, so expect, like, just, like, busted up, like, hubcaps all over the place. Oil splicks. Something that smells like diesel fuel go-kart, you know how it... And then, like, a wild west, horses, a big sun, that... And then you would have the host uh, wear outfit that represents all four of those things. Like he has a messenger bag with like the the a crystal maze, like a little crystal emblem, which is funny because they decide, hey, let's do a crystal maze emblem, uh, and it's a he wears like a, a cowboy vest, and then he has like a fancy suit that looks like it's out like a shirt from the future, but then he's wearing like old timey like something from straight out eighteenth century pants, and it's just like it feels like he's a person lost in time. And that's kind of where you're going at with Crystal Maze. Like a person out of time trying to get back into time and the adventurers are trying to get time crystals to get back to the present. Like that's the the storytelling aspect of the Crystal Maze. Um, and then there's a cash reward of $25,000. And that's actually, that should be it. Uh, and then like, oh, wait, I just realized that six people is a lot and I wanted to make it frantic and different challenges and still have physical mental skill mystery. There's still a captain. There's still a co- vice captain and the captain gets locked in. Um, but, but have it be that it feels like every single zone feels like you're in a little smaller version of a kind of movie. So like the wasteland feels like you could be the jump scare could happen any moment. The fantasy zone, it feels like, you know, it's nighttime and then in that there was like all sorts of like ways to represent time in the game and i thought that would be the coolest part of it but you gotta remember this is like 11th grade and then it's like oh and then like the transitions would be interesting but then i was like but what network would pick this up like fox would have probably picked this up in the 90s but in modern day like what would have who would pick it up I mean, Fox would probably still do it because hour-long game show. Uh, CBS wouldn't do it. NBC wouldn't do it. ABC wouldn't do it. And it's like, well, Nickelodeon picked it up. Oh, weird, but it works. Uh, So I'm satisfied with where it belonged because if it wasn't that, I can't think of a channel. And to me, that's the biggest problem whenever I do these what game show should be revived. It's where does it belong? What game show does it belong to? I don't know. Um, so for me, The Crystal Maze is one of those shows where uh, it's just when you watch it at a young age and you're just like fascinated by like the set design and the prisms and think about like all the intricacies and all the props that they used, the lighting, the game design. Someone came up with every puzzle. Someone came up with every physical game. All the challenges. It has to be 50, 60 games per season. All of them new per season, too. They never, like, replay them except for Mumsy. And it's just, you just get fascinated by, like, the clever games being played 
and then like the next week there's new games being played what they're not repeating and then it's like until like four or five episodes in you're like oh this is that one i love that one and you're seeing someone screw it up finally or someone doing the one game that you thought was tough and then like oh they complete in 30 seconds wait that's weird that's what makes the crystal maze such a fascinating game they can replicate the same games over and over again with different result but they spread it out in such a way that it doesn't feel too tiresome to see the game get played played over and over again per episode and it's such a good variety of physical mental skill and mystery that it it keeps you coming back when you see these great sets it it kind of takes you into the world of the crystal maze other if they didn't have the set and it was just like hey throw this the beanbag into the bin like that it wouldn't have the same effect if it was just on stage played for like twenty five thousand dollars than it is on the crystal maze and i think that's what makes it work it's all of the aspects interlaced and this is the game show that i there's so much heart into it there's so much cleverness in this and what stemmed from the inability to get fort boyard and just taking something and making it this fantasy world building game where there it's like part D, but part game show and part like fantasy and very eccentric and Every game is that last, like, 10 seconds left Will they get out in time. That drama. That's what makes it work. And that's why I love The Crystal Maze so much. It's it's one of those game shows where it's you can explain it as much as you want. Watching it is something different. Other people might find it boring. I just find it the most fascinating UK game show out there because... Nothing about it really screams game show until you break it down to its core parts. And to me, it works. It works on so many levels. It is that game show kids love as a kid. And now, because of, well, not because of COVID, because of COVID's kind of roasted it. But they even brought back the Crystal Maze as a live experience because of the 90s and people had that childish thought of oh the aztec zone and the industrial zone and this that they brought it back so people can go in kind of like an escape room with their own like some actors playing their maze master who has to know all the games as well and they're playing the host and they're going like hey we're in the aztec zone who wants to play the 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 next game which is a mental game you do follow me this way this game lasts for two minutes you can confer good luck like that is fascinating because of those live experiences they were able to do a pilot with Stephen Merchant the stand up for cancer special and while Stephen Merchant is very charming silly he's not the maze master he was basically playing panel game show host like let me just riff on the 90s hey remember Monica Lewinsky hey hey it it didn't really feel like a good fit uh still better than Richard Iwati though um what uh, so so it gets in because of the standard for comedy special the standard for cancer special it gets its own revival with a new set and richard iowati doing it and suddenly it's bigger and then they added an eastern zone instead of medieval zone so they can do a global audience and now there's an american version a show that i have been following for almost 20 plus years now has finally come to my home country the united states and to me 
that's the most amazing thing about this show. It's something where it's, even though it's something that's not in your American heritage, it's not like Legends of the Hidden Temple, for instance, but it's a show that you followed, rather it's online in the game show world, as a kid through tapes, writing down things in high school. To see it be put into America is, is always exciting. And to, to me, this show is fantastic because it's that teamwork uh, of the show. The, the key to winning the Crystal Maze is teamwork. The key to winning the Crystal Maze is that mix of you're on your own, but the team is out to back you up. And it's knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses. Are you better at skill games? Are you better at mystery games? You never really know. And these really interesting sets and this this inviting element, it makes you want to keep watching because maybe the next world is something completely different. You've never seen the show before. To me, that's what makes this show work. And I'm glad it's here in America. I hope it continues in the UK. But it, from the sounds of things, it feels like they recorded like maybe eight more episodes and then they're going to just pull the plug, uh, which makes me wonder, like, does this mean the American version is going to get the cord pu- like pulled after series two? <laughs> or are we just like done for? Because the Crystal Maze should stick around. If you're going to continue the show, I think what you should do is, even though everyone says don't break something isn't, don't fix something that isn't broken. I would just say change the maze master, get someone else, uh, and change the worlds up every two seasons. Because as much as it's like, well, I've missed the medieval zone, but eastern zone's there. You can change, like, make the industrial zone the ocean zone again. Or create a whole new future zone. Maybe future zone is now a, a, a world based on like superhero movies and it's like an it's like the docks of of like a warehouse somewhere and you're it's all like different warehouses banisters i don't know what i'm talking about uh maybe you want to go into like the other realms of of reality maybe a, a volcano zone a night zone something you can change it up however you want it's different themes but the games are always creative based around it so go for it so in conclusion the crystal maze is the greatest uk game show in my mind because i have a lot of attachment to the crystal maze uh there's a lot of awe in the crystal maze and every single time i watch an episode even if there's only like a few episodes around something new catches my eye and it makes me enjoy the show a lot more uh, so I'm glad it's back on Nickelodeon. Adam Conover's doing a great job. And hey, Richard Iwati doing it is still not a bad bad call. I, I only wish there was more frantic behavior like the Richard O'Brien version, but hey, what are you going to do? So to me, I, I'm glad to have done this episode of Game Shows, I suppose, where I get to talk about the Crystal Maze. Because to me, like... This is this is the game show. This is one of those rare game shows. Like I, I would have wanted if I was the guest. This is the game show I want to talk about. And I'm glad if you were listening to this. Probably like two people, um, listen to this. Thank you, uh, for letting me vent out for almost two hours about the Crystal Maze. Uh, 
if I would want a wasteland zone, I would want a wild west zone. I would want the spaceship, like a spaceship, and then something that looks like Game of Thrones. Like that would be what I would be wanting if I was to do four zones for an American version. But hey, we never know. But uh, with so much iconic things such as Mumsy, so many things like Start the Fans, Please, uh, Harmonica playing, uh, set building, set design, conferring, team building, it, it all works. So once again, thank you so much for, for tuning in to this exciting episode of Game Shows, I suppose, looking at the Crystal Maze. And thank you for listening. If indeed you still are, farewell.